Hey there and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. This is our 101st episode and I'm really happy to welcome Dr. Thomas Kellein, the director for Art Consult and Marie-Katrin Krimpov to this For me, very special episode because it is actually the first one of hopefully another set of 100. <laughs> so you guys, welcome. Welcome, Aurelia. Hi, thank you. And when you are here, that means we're talking about art. And we are indeed talking about art because there is so much to see at the moment. We were just lucky enough to be at the opening of Art Basel, an art fair that is taking place at the moment in Basel. And well, there's also quite a lot of other events and moments of art around the globe happening. And we're here to give you a bit of a roundup of that. But what do you think, uh, Thomas, what should we start with? Maybe Art Basel as it is so current? Art Basel uh, just opened Tuesday and will run until Sunday. Documenta opened uh, just for the special uh, guests and the press uh, and will be officially opening on Saturday, but then run mm -hmm. for 100 days. And we are still thinking of uh, Venice Biennial and we are maybe also a little bit thinking of a very nice uh, Zurich Art Weekend. That is over, mm -hmm. however. Um, yeah. So all this together is a little bit like a huge journey you can make through the art world right now. <laughs> so, so what would be the suggested travel itinerary? itinerary? Where, Where should we start? Well, I think, you know, as Zurich is over and Venice is still running for quite a number of uh, months even, we should start in Basel and then move to Kassel. That sounds great. Okay, so Art Basel, as you said, just opened. Marie, what did you think? Give me a bit of the temperature. What did you think of the opening days? What was the atmosphere like? Paint the picture for us. So I enjoyed it a lot. The atmosphere was really like sunny weather. It was warm. Everybody was drinking champagne. They put on their best dresses and it was so cool to see all the art uh, caravan that was moving on. And um, it was it was fantastic. I enjoyed it a mm. lot. Yeah, me too. Thomas, I agree with Marie. I thought it was a lovely atmosphere. And yeah, the, the hustle and bustle as usual. Did you, did you have a good opening, Thomas? Uh, it was a very nice opening because it was the first time in years now after the pandemic that you had the mid-June uh, Tuesday starting at 11 yeah. a.m. Um, exactly. And the people who are coming are really the collectors and the very experts um, it is a it is a lovely crowd of people because they are all truly, truly, truly in love with the art. And they are yeah. all, let's say, mm -hmm. one could say trophy hunting, right? They want to mm -hmm. see the best works. And I can really say the galleries um, made a great job. They, they were taking really care of showing new works, new tendencies, showing the best of the best. And this was... Um, For, you can say that for the ground floor as well as for the upper floor. You can say this for the more classical as well, as well as for the more contemporary works. Um, we kind mm -hmm. of adored it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think you're pointing to something, Thomas, that I really noticed this time because of its absence last time, the conversations also after the fair, right? The little moments where you then gather for an apero or for a dinner or you, you meet at the Trois-Rois where everybody descends in the evening. And the discussions were, what did you see? What did you like? What did you think? You know, what, what was new? What was best? And so on. And of course, even though Art Basel happened last year, it was very different due to the corona restrictions. And it, I think that that vibrancy was not quite 
so tangible last year. So I was also thrilled to have that again, the exchange amongst collectors and extreme art enthusiasts, artists themselves sometimes, and of course all the gallerists who brought their, their best and the brightest. Um, let's maybe move from the atmospheric question a bit more concretely into works of art. I think there was a lot that was... Um, well, established and in a way expected, but then also a lot of artists that we may have not seen before or that we didn't see work like that before. Off. Do you maybe want to give a bit of an overview of the artworks that struck your fancy? Yeah, so uh, we started at the upper floor this time. Normally we start in the ground floor and on the upper floor everything was sold out directly in moments mm. and yep. uh, beautiful works by Pendleton, by Huma Baba, by Anne Imhoff and um, by Ai Weiwei, by Noah Eshkol. So there was a lot of to discover. And also there, the atmosphere was really like, it was super cool and super mm. nice works of art. Mm -hmm. I can agree. Um, we really... Uh, gave tours to collectors um, with pleasure and we immediately saw masterpieces uh, by Jan Vo, by uh, Chabalala self and unfortunately as Marie already said they were mostly sold. Um, yeah. There is a yeah. new policy that uh, the galleries now not only present their works Uh, at the opening, but they present them online, not only a day mm. before, but sometimes two days, three days, four days, five days, I think once even mm. one week before. And uh, therefore, the clients know exactly what they're going to see. Um, this changes the fare a little bit. It is now, um, you know, 20, 30, 40% already sort of a museum or an auction house that you um, visit after the sale. Um, however, The speed all over the planet um, is accelerating. You have to be fast. You have to be selective. You have to have a lot of knowledge. Um, mm. If I say Jan Vo or like um, Marie said, Ai Weiwei, it is about really selecting pieces on the second floor in the contemporary art world. And you have, fortunately, you have another price range there. On the ground floor, mm -hmm. we go see works that are in the area up to and above 30 million US or 30 million Swiss francs. Um, on the upper floor, you can start at even 15,000. Uh, however, the average is more in the area of 200, 250,000, which is not possible for everybody, of course. Um, but I think Art Basel um, is a kind of an art educator. Uh, yeah. you, you have to find quality, you do find quality, and then if you found it, you really have to shoot, right? Yes, <laughs> that is so true. And I do, I do agree with you. It, it's remarkable how many friends and gallerists who would share information like that said, well, almost everything sold from the previews. This year... A lot was pre-sold, yes. And I think also I went back quickly yesterday morning to the fair and noticed also how many booths were completely rehung. So maybe there's also this dynamic that is more noticeable than maybe in, 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 in although this has always been the case, of course, but this year, to me, it was visually very clear because some booths I didn't even recognize that it was the same booth, you know. Um, what were your highlights? I have to really ask, the, you mentioned jewels in the beginning, Marie, and maybe Thomas, to you as a first question, were there works of art independently of their price 
that were just such highlights for you that you think, you know, almost in a museum institutional way, one should go to Art Basel to see this? And then Marie, of course, for you, the same question. Well, uh, when you visited the Venice Biennial, you uh, saw that the, the two golden uh, lions were given to two women. One was uh, Katharina Fritsch for her yeah. life achievement. And she presented this incredible life-size green elephant mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning of the Italian pavilion. Exactly. So there was one work of her at Art Basel, and that was, of course, uh, pre-sold. And the yeah. same applies to Simone Lee from Chicago, uh, the um, American uh, color artist who uh, presented the U.S. pavilion, who filled the U.S. pavilion, and who kind of opened the Arsenale section Uh, in Venice, and one work of her was uh, in on the ground floor in one of the first galleries you could even see, and that was of course also sold. So again, it applies that the masterworks, the thing you really adore, you almost cannot buy them anymore. You have no. this waiting yeah. list. Uh, you you should mm. be your real art institution. You should have your own museum. Hopefully it will be a state museum even, because yes. then the sales are possible. You see the same tendency uh, at the so-called untitled section. Uh, the galleries allow their uh, artists to have a large space for new installations. There was an incredible piece by, for instance, Jenny Holzer. There was an in, a remarkable piece by the Chinese artist Zhao Wuqi that was extremely huge. Uh, mm -hmm. There was brand new work by a lot of artists. So I think Basel had one highlight after the other this year, at least 20, 30 highlights. Um, we often go to fairs and do not even find uh, three pieces that we adore and love. I think this time in Basel, it was around 30. Yeah, I can totally agree, Thomas. The Unlimited was really so so cool and so so good to, to see. And the ground floor at the Art Basel, I mean, also the booth by Gagosian, the booth by Haus Antwirt, with a big uh, spider by Louise Bourgeois, the Marmont, which is like seven meters or nine meters in diameter, um, the different works. What I also, what we also have to think about was the big Francis Bacon and the sketches mm -hmm. we saw by um, Manet, which was a sketch from the Olympia, the um, the well-known painting by Manet. Um, yeah, there were there were really like jewels. I I was really enjoying it. One thing that I also found remarkable, and a lot of collectors that we toured with. Uh, asked me is you mentioned the spider that was in the house and with booth marie that is just an incredibly impressive work by its sheer size it's its subject matter is uh, disturbing maybe to some people who are not super fans of spiders because it is indeed very much looking like like the animal it is about three meter fifties i think tall and and you said it about i don't know i think close to seven meters in diameter huge huge A lot of people ask me about the logistics of that, you know, Some, the presence of a work like that in an art fair where you're kind of in a labyrinth of booths and you, you, you sort of maneuver through there. Something like that also calls to mind how incredibly hard it is to physically make an art fair like that happen. How do you get a spider like that in? When does that happen? Are the walls built around it or, are the, you know, all of these questions. So I also really love that a work like that, the presence of a work like that really triggered conversations around the behind the scenes. You know, this is something we often overlook when we go to art fairs or these shows, how much has to happen in the background for 
for the show to be the way it is. Marie, sorry, you wanted to say something. No, same with uh, Venice Biennale. I mean, the Simon Lee there, it's so big and they had to transport it to the Giardini at the Venice Biennale. I mean, this is amazing, the whole organization and Absolutely. all the works uh, to be also, also the Venice Biennale, the preparation within COVID, the transportation, the organization, yes. that's amazing. Yes. And this was yes. also the thing that at Basel, I mean, they had to take it on the safe bank that they sold it before with the different PDFs that we received with the different offers. Um, but it's also so expensive for the different dealers. And um, this is also interesting, I think. I completely agree. Let's maybe move before we, well, I mean, we, we, we're obviously huge fans of both the Biennial and, and the Art Basel, which are still on view. Again, I just really clearly want to point to that. If you are, dear listeners, listening to this podcast on Friday or Saturday, absolutely make your way to Basel. The show is still on view until the end of day on uh, Sunday. Thomas, but still, you also went yesterday to the opening of Documenta. And maybe the question to you, and then I want to hear Marie's inside, who's, who's smiling over there. <laughs> What did you guys think about Documenta? Well, um, it is something you can answer quickly because you can immediately say it's an entirely different world. And if we think about installation of art, how difficult it could be in the other two places we mentioned, in Kassel they were still installing and mostly it is furniture. Mostly it is very simple uh, possibilities just to sit down, uh, okay. to have a discussion. Uh, the whole documenta is based on the idea of art collectives. These art collectives mm -hmm. should be there. They are there. They were invited by an art collective from Indonesia. And uh, therefore, Documenta is about discussing culture. It is about mm -hmm. finding uh, a way how uh, knowledge sharing uh, could uh, happen in a different way. They are anti-Google. They are anti-Microsoft. They are anti-Apple. They are anti-everything that is the regular online news channel communication. They want okay, to start yeah. from scratch. It is uh, more or less um, the idea of an anarchic uh, society from the ground up. Uh, everything should be newly decided. Um, the inequality of people, the inequality of travel opportunities, the inequalities uh, on the art market, these are all the major subjects of this documenta. And uh, therefore, from that point of view, uh, the organizers, uh, the group, Ruan Grupa from Indonesia, they did not invite a singular artists with very, very few exceptions like Jimmy Durham, who passed away uh, before mm -hmm. the opening. Uh, but it is like, um, as I said, to uh, get together, to plant, to eat, to drink and to discuss. And if that very is nice. something you adore, Uh, you can do that until September 25. Um, I think kind of yes, but also maybe not. So I don't know. <laughs> Marie, what do you think? Uh, yes, I totally agree. I mean, this is uh, more than a cultural consumption than an art consumption, I have to say. And uh, mm -hmm. the living in community is seeing different things. It's really not like distinctive, like Art Basel is sometimes, or the whole art world. It's more like inclusion. It's about people. It's about colors, but it's about uh, the different societies. And that's interesting, I think. And everybody needs to look at it as well. 
you know. So mm. there's a there's mm. a parallel universe between all these worlds, and we all live together in one world. So let's take a look. Interesting. I did not see that one, so I can't wait to go, even if it might be for the for the contrast to to the other um, art moments that we've had and that we discussed. Did we overlook anything? Pardon the pun. Maybe one tiny little thing. We did speak about non-fungible tokens. So you also have that society. And they got together the Sunday before the Art Basel unlimited opening on Monday, which was uh, Sunday the 12th of June. Yeah. And uh, you could realize uh, how many people went to um, listen to the speakers at the Kunsthaus mm. in Zurich. Mm. And it is a society of, let's say, nerds. It is a society also of artists. And everybody uh, gave a very interesting report of how he or she entered this non-fungible token world. And they all strongly believe that this will be the world of the future. So you mm. have the documenta world, which is the gardening and the discussion on simple chairs, like in a, a primary school or in a kindergarten. Mm. You have the nerd world of the non-fungible token um, experts. And you have, let's say, um, the Art Basel uh, upper class, you can say, art lovers, and you have the biennial visitors in Venice and all this sort of has to come together I think and I would wish our listeners uh, that they're able to see it all because it's part of this huge cake we call the planet earth what a wonderful way to end this podcast although I don't want to end it before Marie you know any last words my dear sorry <laughs> no I think I, 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 I think no it's it's perfect it's a perfect end Not the end of the world, but the start of a new era, I think, maybe. They live together and so on. <laughs> It's very poetic and also a very nice way to end a, for me, special episode because I think as the 101st episode, this is the first of a hopeful, you know, hopefully a set of another 100 or more than that. So thank you guys for taking the time out of an incredibly busy week. I know this was not the easiest uh, to schedule and you know the back and forth of art moments and traveling and being everywhere at the same time is challenging and of course also rewarding and thank you for sharing some insights and and for having the time to talk thank you very much thank, thank you, you Aurelia. and again a choir it's wonderful how you do that thank you and we thank you dear listeners as always very much for your time we do hope that you will spend this weekend surrounded by art either at the Art Basel or the Documenta or maybe the Venice Biennial or maybe in your home or in a museum or somewhere in the world because obviously it is a very remarkable moment to see some art we're back next Friday with more from Bergos Now until then wishing you a beautiful weekend and a very successful week bye bye <laughs>